one time in particular, I was praying, and I just was, like, crying out. And, like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right. where are you? And I just had this image of him just, like, sitting next to me oh. and weeping with me. Hey, friends. I'm Tori. Welcome to Walk With Me. Walk With Me is a place where real women share real stories of real struggles and joys as they walk together along this rocky road we call life. Today on the podcast, we have Andrea, Andy, Mockelstadt. We're going to call you Andy today, right? Yes. Okay. Um, So tell us a little bit, first of all, what we're talking about today and just about yourself, you know, unique interests, family, anything we would like to know about you. Yeah, so I know you had asked me to just share a little bit about my business, Andy J Creative, and then also some health issues, so I'll get into that later, Um, but I grew up in central Iowa, and still live in central Iowa, Okay. yes, and then I have four brothers, Okay. so that's usually like, wow, you're the only girl. You're the only girl, (laughs) are you the youngest? I'm the middle. Oh, the middle, okay. Which I thought, I I liked having Uh all brothers. Um, Huh. Yeah, and then let's see, hobbies, basically art and music have always been my thing. Did you go to school for art? Um, I did like fine art classes in high school, okay. and then I actually went to college for graphic design. Oh, you did? Okay. So, so right in the art arena. Yeah, stayed right. in the general thing. Excellent. So a few months ago, um, I went to a class at our business, and you um, were doing like a painting, you call it a painting class? Yeah, art party. Um, for for our tenants. And so we all got like some little canvases and paints. And then we, you kind of gave us some instruction and then let us loose. And so it was super fun. We all got to paint our pictures and felt like real artists. And so that was a fun um, kind of outlet for me. I'm, I'm a creative type person. And I love that you made a business out of something creative that you felt you know, gave you life. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. that was super fun. I was really glad you could yeah. come. Yeah. So, you know, um, just tell me how you how you got started. How did that, Andy J Creative, how did that start? Yeah, so it started, well, as I mentioned, I went to school for graphic yeah. design. So I had, which is how I met you at Cornerstone uh-huh. when right. I was a graphic designer. So I started getting migraines and things, which made being on the computer pretty oh. unsustainable. Yes. <laughs> and so it was like after I was stepped away from Cornerstone, I was trying to figure out like what what I could still do that would work uh-huh. better with my symptoms. A little more flexible. And so, yes, yes, very much so. And so I was like scrolling through Facebook one day and saw um, Valerie Duvick was offering business coaching and she had like a you know 30 minute trial call and so I was like okay you know what why not just try and so actually it was through the process of like filling out her questionnaire and talking to her she asked a lot about just the why like the heart behind I guess where my heart was at right before figuring out what to do and so at that point like Life had slowed down a lot just uh-huh. because of being sick. Like, uh-huh. I spent a lot more time laying in bed. Wow. <laughs> and found that in that, like, the little moments were really important. And mm-hmm. I think art 
was an important piece of that because hmm. it's beautiful. Hmm. And so even if it's like something on a muck or yeah. noticing a flower or a sunset right. or like all those little things were kind of lifelines for huh. me. And then also just realizing like my life was too busy before. Huh. And it was so fast paced that like I just didn't have that space to slow down. To contemplate. Yes. Uh-huh. So I also really wanted something that would like just create that space for people. Hmm. So whether, you know, they're super busy and life is right. crazy or if they're really struggling, uh-huh. just somewhere that's safe where they can just come and like Breathe. exist. Uh-huh. Yes. And So did you ever think so, of yourself as like a small business owner or an entrepreneur in the past? Uh not really. Like huh. I I was homeschooled growing up, growing uh-huh. up, and so I did a lot of like odd jobs. Yeah. So I was kind of used to like managing my own time. Huh. But I never dreamed of like having a business <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Until this. And then I had thought about, you know, like I love teaching huh. art and uh-huh. teaching piano lessons here and there and uh-huh. so yeah so kind of together we came up with like the idea of in-home art parties or right. like me having the supplies and taking mm-hmm. it somewhere versus yeah. people coming to me yeah so what is your normal art party I gave you a little bit of a preview what's that mm-hmm. look like yeah so it kind of depends um but often I'll have someone who is a host who reaches out to me and is like, Hey, I'm interested in having a party. Okay. Is it normally a personal, we had one for Havocam properties. Uh Is it normally a personal thing or like a business that reaches out to you? Um, I've had both more as I've grown. Like at first it started more with individuals. Okay. Um, but I've actually done a few different apartment complexes. Uh, I did one like business, like a team building kind of thing. It definitely is a team building thing. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's in someone's home or really if someone's hosting at an apartment, they Mm -hmm. are the ones who are in charge of just like inviting people, Mm -hmm. you know, setting Mm -hmm. the event time, providing the space. But you bring all the supplies. But then I bring all the, yeah. Okay. So like drop claws, drop claws, all of it, Uh bring it and set it up. Yeah. And you've done some birthday parties for children? Yeah. Those look fun. Yeah. Yeah. It really was fun. I wasn't sure what to expect if it would be super like... High energy, Chaotic. but the one I did, the kids were super quiet and huh. focused and, like, huh. loved it. Were those mostly girl birthday parties? Um, so far, I've just done one, and it was okay. girl, but there were boys there, too. Oh, okay. So, but they were, I mean, we made a fox, and some of them made an evil fox, or oh, a pirate fox, or a strawberry fox. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's fun. Yeah. They get real What creative. fun. So... You know, so Andy J Creative kind of came out of your health struggles. So let's yeah. start kind of talking about that. Tell me, you said you started having migraines, mm-hmm. made it hard to be on the computer. What? Give me the background on all of that. Yeah, so um, if looking back, I can see basically the six months before I started getting migraines huh. that I was like super exhausted but I had a broken ankle and other things uh-huh. going on that I just thought, oh, I'm just tired from uh-huh. that, you right, know, but right. I was sleeping plenty and all those things. And then... I remember your broken ankle. What was that from? <laughs> um, it was from training before I went to West Africa. And oh. so I was running and I tripped in a hole. <laughs> oh. And so I think it like re-injured an old injury, oh, which is okay. why the... It was complicated because okay. they like put a cast on it and then yeah, I did I remember you therapy and it didn't work. For a long time you it, had like it. eight months. Yeah, you had like <laughs> off of crutches. You had like a cast thing for a really long time. Yeah. Huh. Did you go to West Africa? 
I did with it on crutches for five weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about adjustment to a new culture, especially with your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of kicked it all off. Yes. So that kind of you thought was maybe contributing to it you were feeling. Yeah, I didn't know <clears throat> if that was the cause of me feeling tired and whatever. And so then it was in the spring of 2015, I I had never had migraines before. And all of a sudden I got just this super debilitating migraine. Oh. Like I had some blurry vision and things like yeah. that these days. Did you know up, what it was? But Did you know it was a migraine? I mean, from like Google or yeah. people, it yeah. seemed like it, but also it didn't go away. Oh. Like they would, like I'd get an injection and it'd go away for maybe a couple days uh-huh. or I'd try different medications. And so it was just like this migraine that came and never fully left. Wow. So sometimes it would be a little more bearable, but sometimes it's like all day in bed in the dark because I just couldn't like wow. watch TV or be Do around anything. any lights. Yeah. So then I knew something was, was not- really wrong. Mm-hmm. Like this is not just, yeah. it's not... It's not going away. Yeah. And like, what was, was your mom saying? What'd you say when you called your mom? I'm trying to put myself yeah. in your mother's shoes. Like, what if my daughter called me and said that this migraine just won't go away? So my uh, youngest brother had actually just been diagnosed with Lyme disease a huh. little bit before, and so okay. my mom. And then I also have an aunt who's had it for years and years, like super huh. bad. Um, so my mom was one of the first ones who was like, maybe you, you have checked. Lyme disease. And I was like, I do not. <laughs> like, wow. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she, she was the, f- so then she like sent me this questionnaire mm-hmm. and she's like, maybe you should just look at the symptoms mm-hmm. and see how many you have. And I think I checked off like 27. I mean, Whoa. cause there were things I didn't even know were associated. Yeah. I mean, and had a lot of like body pain. And- so you'd probably had it for a while. Probably. Yeah. My daughter actually had it, but she, mm. she they they diagnosed it within less than a month. Okay. She got on heavy duty antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and seems to have wiped it out. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. She was actually hiking through Connecticut, Lyme, Connecticut. Oh. And we don't know if she picked it up there, oh, but she was wow. on the Appalachian Trail. And so she picked it up during that trip. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lots of pain along mm-hmm. her spine and headaches hmm. so but yeah hers seemed to be, be caught really early yeah yeah that makes a huge difference hmm. if people can catch it huh. right away and get treated right. then it right can be not be a long-term yeah problem. so I'm so go on you you checked off all these symptoms yeah so I I went to a lot of doctors neurologists and all these you know, I did a lot of traditional testing and it they couldn't really figure out what was going on and so I eventually went to it's called a Lyme literate doctor okay and um they did a western blot Uh blood test which Mm -hmm. was it had some positive bands but wasn't like Hmm. really clearly positive and so that if that were that's what they do to kind of diagnose the western blot yeah, okay. yeah, there's Western blot, and then Igenix Labs is supposed to be more hmm. accurate. Okay. Um, but even that isn't always super accurate. So it was oh. ultimately like a diagnos- a clinical diagnosis based, based on, on symptoms. Yeah. And then also based on like how I responded to treatment. Mm. Okay. And so eventually, once I got on the correct antibiotics, uh-huh. I did see some improvement oh. with that. Cause did you find the previous doctors were 
um, kind of negative on the whole Lyme disease uh, diagnosis? Yeah. So yeah. they weren't very like supportive of the whole thing? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear. Oh. And I, I, I kind of understand. Like, because, I mean, I went to one doctor who was actually probably one of the most thorough doctors at that point that I had seen, but he was super adamant, like, do not go to a Lyme doctor and get treated with all these antibiotics. Because hmm. if, you know, if you're on a ton of antibiotics long term, mm-hmm. that can be damaging. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you can't function at all, mm-hmm. and they're saying, mm-hmm. do some yoga and get some sleep. Right. Like, and you're saying, mm, not helping. It's, yeah, yeah, you feel like you're dying and yeah. it's like I don't care what it takes right you know oh I get it so it's just yeah a very huh. very complicated very in the complicated. medical yeah. realm there's a lot there's of not a consensus yes among doctors yep huh so this doctor treated mm-hmm. you with antibiotics yeah so I I actually went to like four five different Lyme doctors okay. so I think it was about the third one that actually helped because she diagnosed me with co-infections of Lyme disease. So oh. often if you have Lyme, you also have like Bartonella or Babesia. Or there's because other your immunity system has been compromised? Is that why other ones can... I think they're commonly <coughs> in like... So if you're infected by a deer tick, which mm-hmm. is the most like commonly yeah. known way of getting Lyme disease, often those... My understanding yeah. is that those infections are also present in that. Oh, tick that or same tick. Got it. But then also, yes, your immune system is compromised so people can get mono or have more mm-hmm. problems with just a whole bunch of things. Hmm. So So she thought you were co-infected with other. Yeah. So that changed the antibiotics that they used. Okay. So within like 2 months, I saw significant progress. Oh, you did. Whereas I had been treated for 6 months on different antibiotics before that and was just getting worse. So, that was the beginning of something that actually, like, helped. Okay. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, are you still, do you still feel better? Do you have, is it, is it like, relapse, remit? Is it that type of thing? Where you have flares? It, for me, I think it's just kind of morphed. Like, I think that I've done enough treatment. I don't think it's, like, an active infection that I okay. need to treat with antibiotics. But I think having... Uh, whether it's just having a chronic illness or Lyme specifically, kind uh-huh. of just wreaks havoc on your body systems. Uh-huh. And so I don't have the migraines that I used to have. Okay. Um, but now I have a lot of, like, other issues, like lightheadedness. Huh. And, you know, I yeah. like then I could maybe go for a walk but yeah. couldn't watch a movie. And uh-huh. now I can sit and watch a movie, but I can't always go for a walk. Or, oh. So just kind of, like, gradually yeah. chronic healing your whole disease has <laughs> just... Uh, commonalities, even though it's not the same disease, because yeah. I've interviewed another gal with like a, a chronic um, endometriosis, mm. and so it just has mm. uh, commonalities. Yeah. Um, between just maybe how the body reacts to a foreign, you know, invader. Yeah, I think that's so true. So, huh? So this this podcast hopefully will appeal not to only people who have Lyme disease, but mm-hmm. people who have chronic illnesses mm-hmm. because living with a chronic illness is and like you look yeah. vibrant and healthy yeah and so that's a problem yeah <laughs> yeah yep. yeah because yep, people say like oh she's fine mm-hmm. do you get that kind of thing yeah I've had I mean I have a lot of people just say like oh well you look good yeah and 
Yeah. I mean, even at, at doctors, I have to, especially if I don't have a trust built with them yeah. yet, I really have to go in with like very clear examples right? and have kind of learned how to communicate and say, don't these are it. my goals. Like yeah. I want to work and I want to do these things. And uh-huh. then these, this is specifically how these symptoms are keeping me from doing this. That's good. So they kind of see yeah. me as like yeah. motivated right. and saying, I can't do this thing because like of I'm not a victim. Here. I'm not symptom. being a victim. I really yes. want to be an advocate. Yes, but I can't seem to yeah get yes. someone to help me. Wow. So um, so we've talked about Lyme disease. So my next question was: Is it hard to function normally and maintain a positive attitude when you never know what like your next day is going to hold? Like you might wake up feeling horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard, and I think um, my attitude is definitely not always positive. <laughs> like, huh. I think one of the most difficult things has just been the changes, huh. because it seems like sometimes, like once I accept one thing and kind of figure out how to manage that symptom, then something else, and, and plan, yeah, then it changes. Huh. And it's something else. And so it it just becomes like a lot of grieving and oh, being yeah. like, okay, I have to like grieve that loss and then accept it and say, okay, well, this is what my life can look like now. And then it changes and then I have to redo that. And so I think, I think that part. So you think you kind of got a handle it. on things yeah. and then something changes to make it not yeah. consistent. Huh. So how does that, does that make you, as you think about your spiritual walk, does that make you say like, God, why did this happen to me? Or does it make you say, oh God, I'm glad I have you because I have hope. How does it make you run towards or away from him? I think in the last five years, there's been a lot of both. Huh. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's been times where I'm just like, God, where are you? Yeah. Like, what? Right. You know, it just has kind of felt like thing after thing. Um, I think through that, like, my view of God has changed. And even just understanding his role in suffering as far as, like, one time in particular I was praying and I just was, like, crying out and, like, Mm -hmm. okay, what are you doing? (laughs) Where are you? And I just had this image of him just, like, sitting next to me. and weeping with me wow and so I think even just the verses in the bible that talk about him being close Mm -hmm. to the brokenhearted Mm -hmm. and all those things have become a lot more real in Mm -hmm. that he's hurting with me and saying yeah this sucks like yeah lament how it was we talked about lament in church on sunday lament is biblical you know david lamented and the whole lamentations is lamenting you know and so we are supposed to look alike and say what's going on and then run to God and say, I don't like this. Yeah. And let him comfort us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he, even times where I have like been more distant. Yeah. I just, he is still like shown up. Wow. You know, I feel like even like last year I had a, like a hip surgery that was unrelated to the Lyme disease yeah. stuff. And I just felt like he would just like speak to me and just wow. remind me like yeah I'm still here like that's so like you know? undes- you're it's so undeserved sometimes I feel like Jesus is sweet to me when I'm mm-hmm. so undeserving mm-hmm. of the sweetness yeah mm. yeah 
And he really honors. Like, yeah. I think that's, he doesn't push. Yeah. It's like he's there and he's inviting and Here, he's welcoming. You need me. Yeah. But he's not going to be like, I'm going to force you. Yeah. Like, and so. Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Huh. Um, so how has art helped you, um, kind of free yourself from pity or, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, woe is me mm-hmm. in your situation? How has art kind of transformed that, um, kind of suffering mm-hmm. into productivity? Yeah, I think first it's helped me to actually let myself feel and express those feelings. Hmm. So and not just to sit in the trap yeah. of like, oh, I feel kind of miserable, but I'm not really going to let myself feel this. Because sometimes I can't. When things are painful, like, it's hard to put it into words. It is. And art has a way of, like, expressing things that sometimes I can't express in words. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of, like, been the first step for me is hmm. actually acknowledging and Did letting myself that? feel that. Did you always know that? No, oh. not really. I mean, kind like, I've always been drawn to art yeah. and music, mm-hmm. and those help me, mm-hmm. you know, express and feel, but I don't think I realized it as much. Huh. And so that's, I feel like, has been kind of the first step is actually letting that out because unless I actually let myself grieve and be sad, mm-hmm. I can't really move to a positive place. Hmm. And then I think... Does art help you move from grieving to rejoicing? Yeah, it really does. Just the act of it? Sometimes. Or entering into the beauty? It depends on the time. Hmm. You know, sometimes it is just... I mean, one time I was like, I'm going to make something expressive, and it was a black canvas. I mean, it was like... That's how you kind of felt. Yeah, it was. Uh And even though it didn't turn into, like, a masterpiece, Uh it helped express something that I felt. Huh. And I felt lighter afterwards. Yeah. Just It's almost like therapy for you. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then sometimes it's about creating something beautiful. Like even some, I have an Etsy shop and so some mm-hmm. of my products, like I'll work on the art for them while I'm mm-hmm. at an appointment mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's a tangible way in that moment mm-hmm. to remind myself like there's something beautiful right here, mm-hmm. right now. Like no matter and what. And it keeps your mind off of like, oh, I feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You have somewhere to go. Yeah. And you feel like you're, like, making something. Right. Like, you're not wasting. Yeah. You're not wasting this suffering. Mm-hmm. Something's being produced. Yep. Hmm. And then that connection with people. Yeah. Because I've seen that in my parties. Like, yeah. I usually don't share a lot, but just, you yeah. know, a little bit. And right. even in one of my recent ones, just through me acknowledging the mm-hmm. place that art has been for me and saying, hey, this time is for you. Mm-hmm. Like some other people started to open up a little bit. And so that has also been a sweet hmm. way of just seeing like everyone has pain. Oh, everyone, everyone has hard things. Yeah. So, wow. so d- through doing the art, they almost feel like a little freer to share their yeah. hardship. Sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. So you're also, it's like therapy for you and therapy for other people. Yeah. That's like, that's my hope. Yeah. Like that's, Really, that hard. I love it because it's a really creative, I mean, you're a creative person. It's just a really creative idea, a way to um, make beauty of ashes Mm -hmm. and kind of build the kingdom at the same time, you know, and not become a victim. Yeah. Because people in your shoes can really easily, and you understand how. I do. Become a victim. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it becomes a very 
self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like I've seen that in myself where yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm so alone and I don't have anything to, and it's like, but then when I start being in that place, I'm not reaching out and I'm not initiating and I'm not looking for ways that I can also help other people because while my situation isn't going to be exactly the same as someone else's, uh huh, it doesn't mean it's worse or better or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. Huh. That's so good. So good. So, um, how has, we kind of talked about how Andy J creative has helped you persevere. You know, mm-hmm. he helps you get out of yourself mm-hmm. from one day to the next. Um, and then, you, you hinted at this a little bit, but how has your illness changed how you just see life from the mm-hmm. life you thought you would have, you know, and then the life you have or how you see yourself? Yeah. Because we all have expectations of how our <laughs> lives are going to look. Yeah. And this was not my expectation. Huh. I mean, I grew up, I grew up in the church and I thought that I was going to spend my life overseas. Huh. And, um... I, I mean, even in those, just those first weeks of having migraines, because that was probably my most, like, yeah. debilitated part, where I just was, like, in my bed. And so I just remember laying there and being like, okay, God, this is not, like, not only what I thought my life would look like, but not what I thought you wanted my life to right. look like. like because, how like, I aren't I supposed to serve people right. and do all these things and I uh-huh. can't even leave my room? <laughs> right. And... So I just remember asking, like, what is the point of my life? Like, why, why am I, why yeah. <laughs> am I here? What is the point? And I felt like he just said, like, I gave you breath. Oh, wow. And that, that was And that it. was enough. It, that but he, it was just he's... like, you're existing. And so I think in how it's changed how I view myself, like, that has been a really long process of just realizing, like, I have value and worth because I am. Huh. Like, God just made me a person. Wow, and that's so countercultural. Yeah. I mean, American <laughs> culture, you know what I mean? It's like perform and achieve, and then you're, you're you know, thought well of. Yeah. And it's true. Uh-huh. Like, it's like you do those things, yeah, and it, it, it feels good, and people praise you for it. Right. And so I think that's been the biggest thing in how I've seen myself is just realizing, like, Worth and value have to be, like, internal, not based on what I'm accomplishing or achieving. Worth and value is based on what Jesus has already achieved and done for you. And so if you're, you have Jesus in you, that's of great value, not of anything you can do, what he's already done for you. Mm -hmm. Because you're in him, you're valuable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like he made us uh-huh. like <laughs> with worth and so huh yeah well yeah that's a really countercultural message of you know because I made you you're valuable yeah you have breath you're valuable yeah wow yeah and I it's think a that's message a lot of women need to hear <laughs> because our society is telling them the opposite message mm-hmm. yeah you're valuable because of these things that you do or these things that you are mm-hmm. hmm. it's so true wow and I think life, like, it really did make me slow down. Like I said that earlier. Mm-hmm. But that was a big thing of just realizing it's so easy. And I still do this all the time where I'm like, well, once I get here and once I do this. Yeah, and once then. I, 
Yeah, but it's never about that. Mm-hmm. Like, because, and even in dealing with health issues, there's been so many times where, like, if I was healthy. Oh, wow. But then I look back and I'm like, so was I really that fulfilled when I was healthy? Mm. No. Were those things bring me satisfaction? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's about now. Huh. And so if I can find contentment and meaning and, yeah, I can still be sad and mad and whatever. Yeah. But there's always something. There's always something beautiful. There's always, even if it's interacting with a medical professional, a mm. person at the grocery store, right. a person at the pharmacy, mm-hmm. like those moments right. matter. They matter m- more than big moments probably. Yeah. You know, those are the things that we kind of dismiss, but mm-hmm. they're really powerful. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, you've, you've, you've learned so much about God and yourself through this in a way you probably couldn't have. Yeah, I was like running. I like because who wants to just sit with your thoughts? Right. Can be like a scary place, mm-hmm. and, and you feel so. like almost you start self-condemning. Like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Um. So, if a listener today has a chronic illness such as Lyme disease or an endometriosis, as mm-hmm. I've talked to another gal about, um, that makes them live life in a different way than they planned, how would you encourage them? I mean, you said so many encouraging things, even for me today already. But what is one way you would say, like, hey, hang on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all worth it. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing, like, I only know from my experience and from the people I've talked to. um, But I think I would first just say that, like, I'm really sorry. Because pain sucks and it's hard and it's exhausting and just to like validate that Hmm. and also to say thank you for fighting because there's so many people for me that I've seen who have been like okay they've fought for 20 years and their endurance has given me hope and seeing how their lives have impacted other people Mm -hmm. has helped me to see that even if my like looks different Mm -hmm. it's not less valuable and it's not less meaningful Mm -hmm. and so that's helped me and so I'd just be like thank you like thank you for continuing to fight and also just knowing that like what we talked about with worth and value Mm -hmm. that even if you're not seeing like how there's meaning like, I feel like I've been really privileged to see glimpses yeah. of that that have kind of yeah. helped me hang on. Uh-huh. But even if that's not always seen, like, it's there. And everyone's stories is, you know, they're meaningful. Hmm. So. That's good coming from you because I wouldn't think about, as someone who doesn't struggle with chronic illness, I wouldn't think about saying thank you. You mm-hmm. know, you, you've struggled a lot and just keep persevering. But that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they need to hear. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing just your story. And we're going to link, like, your website to here and so people can get in touch with you. And um, you might even have people that just want to know more about how can I deal with chronic disease, you know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. yeah, so thanks for sharing, you know, things that have been hard in your life. And um, just, yeah, just, you're very in, inspirational. Oh, well, thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. yeah. And I would love to connect if anyone yeah. wants to. Do you want to wanna pray for those women that are 
feeling like, hey, I don't know if I can make it another day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do I'd that. love to. Jesus, we just come to you, and the thing that I keep hearing over and over is just where you say that you're close to the brokenhearted, and you bind up those wounds, and and God, I pray that forever, just for whoever is listening right now and just feeling weary and broken and exhausted, God, that you, that they would feel your nearness to them in that moment. And know that you deeply love them. God, that you haven't left them. And that you have purpose for their life. So God, would you just breathe hope into everyone listening. God, each and every person. Um, Yeah, so I just lift them up to you right now. And thank you that you are a God who knows that you've experienced suffering and you've shown us even how to grieve and how to hope and how to love and all of those things that we aren't alone in that so i just pray this in jesus name amen thanks so much this will so be so encouraging to so many women Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me. So thanks for joining us today on this walking and talking journey as we walk together and strive to keep in step with Jesus.